The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, the Montreal Canadiens are back in action. All the problems of the Omicron variant notwithstanding, they are back in action. The NHL apparently sees fit to allow games to continue to play. And Florida, apparently, they're, they're letting their barns just fill up with people. So I don't think they're the slightest bit concerned, but who's surprised there? Anyways, your Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 5-4 to four to the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am not really pissed off about that one. Honestly, great effort by the Montreal Canadiens, or should I say the Montreal Rocket, considering how many Laval Rocket players were in the lineup for this one. Uh, really not a, a full NHL lineup for them at all, and they did really well really well we were looking uh at the lineups prior to this game and i was like man i i really wish i could just go watch the canada game instead and and see them beat up on austria just you know to feed my hockey ego a little bit uh instead of this because i felt like the Habs are going to get killed here and they very did not get killed they did great at least way better than expected. Uh, right from the very first drop of the puck, uh, they were they started out, out shooting the Lightning, uh, getting some pretty good chances, and eventually it did pay off. They get on the board first. Uh, get a power play out near the midway point of the period. It's absolute shit. The power play is terrible. It was the worst that they looked in the entire first 20 minutes. But not long after it ends, Michael Pizzetta, with some ridiculous hustle, uh, gets the puck below the goal line. While he's getting shoved into the boards basically from behind, he manages to turn and find Lucas Vedemo out in front of the net, and the net is completely wide open uh, thanks to that hustle by Pedzetta and Vedemo, Vedemo sorry, <laughs> bangs it in, <clears throat> makes it one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. But that lead was short-lived, very short-lived. Not long after, Braden Point goes down. He's got a two-on-one, and he just very smartly waits until Kale Clegg has to slide uh, stops up, <clears throat> moves back towards the middle, shoots, beats Samuel Montembeau uh, to make it 1-1. And of course, not long after that, uh, Tampa would strike again. Uh, and it was Braden Point again. Uh, this time, Brett Kulak had a bit of a giveaway in the defensive zone. Point gets it out front, puts it in 2-1 to uh, coming out of the first period. But a, a good period overall by the Montreal Canadiens. Again, much, much better than you would have expected if you looked at those lineups on paper prior to the game. And they take that same energy into the second period. Uh, less than three minutes into the second, uh, Sammy Niku gets down in the corner, very similar to the first Habs goal. Uh, he throws it out front to Raphael Harvey-Pignard, and he bangs it in. This time, uh, he actually had to beat the goaltender a little bit. The net wasn't that wide open, but he scores. Um, and it's 2-2. Two to two. The Habs are in a tie game with an ostensibly much, 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 much better team on paper. 
Um, really great effort from them. Then, of course, Brendan Gallagher scores an uh, absolute horseshit no-goal call. Um, they call it goaltender interference, despite the fact that Boris Kachuk was shoving him into the goaltender. Habs challenge. Refs stick to their horseshit call that they initially gave. And uh, obviously, the Habs are now going to have to kill off a penalty as a result of challenging. Uh, no fault to Dominique Ducharme there. Uh, that should have been a goal. Absolute horseshit. But what can you do? Right? The NHL has no idea what they think is or isn't goaltender interference. So how are we supposed to know? Anyways, the Bolts do not score on the ensuing power play. However, almost immediately after that power play, basically while the Habs are still trying to regroup, puck gets thrown over to Ross Colton for a one-timer, and he makes no mistake. Beautiful shot. Uh, and just like that, the Bolts are up 3-2, to two, and that is how the second period would end. Now the Habs, they do not let that deficit get to them. They come out absolutely firing on all cylinders in the third period. Uh, looking fantastic, playing super well, super well. And of course, again, it pays off. Beautiful Ryan Paling zone entry. He passes it over to the right side to Cole Caulfield, and everybody and their mother thought Caulfield was about to shoot that puck, but he crosses it all the way across to Kale Clegg, who just claps one in, a little half-clapper coming down from the point, makes it 3-3. Three to three. So the Lightning start to push back a little bit after that point, right? Now the Habs have tied it up. Nobody really expects them to be in this game. But Lightning getting a little bit overconfident with themselves, I guess. David Savard absolutely jumps a breakout pass like he's Deion Sanders getting a pick six. Walks in, dekes out Victor Hedman, fires a beautiful snapshot, and makes it 4-3 to three for the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely loved the selly on David Savard after that goal. He looked incredibly happy. He's been having a rough year. Good to see it. You love to see it. But of course, it's the Montreal Canadiens. We can't have nice things. Tampa empties the net late in the game to try and get the equalizer. Nick Suzuki with a great block, but he breaks his stick. Puck deflects off of his skate afterwards when it was about to get cleared. And of course, that spelled disaster as there was a bit of a scramble in front of the net. And uh, Braden Point got the puck behind the net, threw it back out front. It ends up on the stick of one Corey Perry, former Hab, who puts it in and ties the game up 4-4. to We're going to overtime. And uh, in overtime, the refs are right back on their bullshit. Right back on their bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Jake Evans trying to carry the puck out of the Montreal zone. Uh, he's getting basically cross-checked a little bit in the lower back from behind by Steven Stamkos. Uh, he falls down, loses the puck, gets to Victor Hedman, throws it to Andre Palat. He scores, and the Habs lose. No idea how that's not a call on Stamkos that late in the game, in, in that late in the game, in overtime with a guy trying to clear his own zone. But uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um... I, I, I can't even really be as mad at the refs as I would normally like to be because really uh, what I want to say about that game is I'm ecstatic about how some of those guys coming up from Laval were just able to make their presence felt and, and have some stellar games. It felt like this was really a game where a bunch of guys from the AHL are, are stating their case for we want to play in the big league. And honestly, that's your silver lining of the night. Take your pick, right? Lucas Vedemo, uh, great goal. Uh, obviously, there was a big amount of work that went into that goal from Michael Petzetta. Crazy hustle below the, uh, to get below the goal line, to get that puck out there, uh, basically throwing a blind pass while being checked into the boards. Wild shit. And then Vedemo to finish it off. I mean, really, he just went to the right area, right? Well-positioned, smart hockey. Um, Raphael uh, Harvey-Pignard, amazing. 
I mean, he was doing very similar things to what you see him do in Laval, which is relentless hustle, getting to the high percentage areas, and getting shots on goal. A lot of people uh, like to call him Lavaliger down in Laval because he, his game is, is pretty similar to Brendan Gallagher's, and he scored a very Brendan Gallagher goal. Uh, it was great to see. And on Harvey uh, Pignal's goal, uh, Corey Schooneman got in on the action. He got an assist on that one as well. So really, all of those guys, especially the guys that were unexpectedly inserted into the lineup tonight, um, you know, amazing game. Like, really. I think some of them have stated a claim for, like, give, give me a, a bit more of a, a longer look here at the end of this season. The Habs have nothing to lose by trying out more of these guys more often, right? I love to see it. Honestly, I said it in multiple episodes of this podcast. What I really want to see from this from the Habs at this point in the season is development, Right. If they can graduate a couple of guys from Laval and, and give them legitimate opportunities and see what can they do in the NHL on a long-term basis, I think that is a victory, a, a small victory uh, for this season. I mean, you know, it, it might be a lost season, right? We're, we're clearly not making the playoffs. That's not going to happen. But if they can do that, if a couple of guys can, can take steps forward, uh, that's great news, right? Uh, Ryan Paling, perfect example, right? I didn't even talk about him just now when I was talking about the Laval guys because I don't consider him a Laval Rocket guy anymore. I think he's a Montreal Canadian. I think he's an NHL player. You look at that, like his overall play in the night was great. You look at the, the setup for the goal that uh, Kale Clay got. It was all started by Ryan Paling. Uh, a great controlled zone entry. Immediately finds Cole Caulfield. Now Cole Caulfield could have shot that puck and it would have been a pretty good scoring chance. But then Caulfield obviously made a super smart play to throw it across for a better scoring chance. Uh, but that really started with Ryan Paling gaining the zone and then finding the open man on the wing. No problem. Uh, honestly, great work from him. And again, I don't consider him a Laval guy anymore. So we already may have one guy that's taking that step forward. Uh, I would really like to see more of this, right? I will stop doing fire them in the Sham rants if he does more of this, if he lets more of these guys get more opportunities so that we can find out what are they made of. Are they capable of playing for this team moving forward on a regular basis or not, right? Some of them might end up getting traded as well. We don't know who the new GM is. We don't know what he's going to want to do. But if you audition some of these guys and you show not only the fans of the Montreal Canadiens, but also other teams, the brass of other teams, what can these guys do? You're going to be potentially increasing their trade value. We might be able to get something out of that, right? Uh, at the end of the day, that's what this season has to be about from this point forward. Is has to be about development and has to be about showcasing some of these guys that could potentially uh, be up for grabs and trades. So, I mean, honestly, great game. The A bunch of kids from Laval hung in there with uh, you know a much better on paper lightning team took it to overtime and and they kind of got screwed by the refs in overtime so what can you do what can you do i guess what i can do uh because all this podcast is is just me talking about things that bother me a lot of the time uh i'm i, I don't want to end this on a negative note but i'm going to i'm, I'm going to end it talking about those refs right now let's put aside the the missed penalty call in overtime because uh, i think that was pretty obvious bullshit but i also you know I'm not so biased that I can't see there is an argument that it wasn't a penalty by Stamkos. Uh, I think it's a pretty clear penalty, but people are going to have their own opinions about that. Let's just talk specifically about that disallowed Brendan Gallagher goal. That is some pure, pure horseshit. Liquefied horseshit. The NHL has no idea what goaltender interference is or isn't. Right? Fans have 
hard enough time trying to figure out what's going to get allowed and what's going to get disallowed. I don't think coaches know what's going to get allowed and what's going to get disallowed. They don't even know what they can challenge and what they can't, right? Like I said earlier, I, I give no ill will to Dominique Deschamps for challenging that goal. I think it was the right call because when you looked at the replay, it was very clear that Brendan Gallagher was being shoved into the goaltender. There's no contact if he's not being shoved by the other player. So how is that goaltender interference? We've seen goals like that be allowed before because of the contact being initiated as a result of a defender pushing him towards the net. But then all of a sudden, this one's disallowed, right? And it's not just the Montreal Canadiens. So I don't want to try and elude any kind of bias directly against the Montreal Canadiens on these calls. But uh, we do know that the refs keep their hit list and Brendan Gallagher's on that hit list. So I wonder, you know, does that have something to do with it? Or are you guys just that disorganized that you can't figure out what the fuck goaltender interference is or isn't? Because I have no idea. Uh, I, I know what I think it is. And I definitely think that a defender shoving somebody into the goaltender should not be considered as goaltender interference on behalf of the player being shoved into the goaltender. It should be an allowed goal. I mean, otherwise, the solution to everybody's problems is just, well, anytime that you're in front of the net and you feel like you're about to get scored on, just throw the nearest opposing player into your goaltender and it's going to be considered goaltender interference. But you don't want that, right? So, I mean... The NHL clearly needs to have some kind of a summit. I don't know, maybe bring all of the officials together and maybe bring the coaches too and then show a bunch of videos and be like, this is and this isn't and make a determination and then like write it into the rules very clearly, right? Don't leave it up to interpretation because it seems like if you leave it up to any kind of interpretation, then whoever's making these decisions, the officials on the ice, the, the, the situation room in Toronto, whoever, they are just making it up as they go. And there's no, like, precedent isn't worth shit when it comes to this because you could have a goal and disallow it and an identical goal the very next night in a different game gets allowed. So... It's literally useless to look at any kind of precedent unless they actually establish a precedent. I know that's going to be hard due to the completely contradictory nature of any examples that you're going to bring up when you're trying to establish that precedent, but they have to do it. They have to do it. Otherwise, we're going to keep seeing shit like this constantly where you see goals that should clearly be goals that get disallowed and goals that should clearly be disallowed getting allowed. And then sometimes you land in the middle and you're like, wow, they actually got a call right for once. Uh, <laughs> I mean, best officials in the game, though, Right, Gary Bettman? Best officials in the game. Or, no, he said best officials in pro sports, didn't he? He actually thinks we got the best officials in all of pro sports, which we do not. So I'm going to leave that at that. <laughs> um, that was a good game for the Montreal Canadiens. A great game, honestly. One of the better ones that I've seen recently. Unfortunately, you know, this team just does not appear capable of getting back-to-back -back wins, even if you give them almost two weeks off in between games it's not even enough to trick this team into into getting back-to-back -back wins but look they did enough in my mind to deserve a win that night and um that that's all i can ask for at this point point. and again we see some development we see some young guys coming up making an impression uh, i love it honestly they keep playing like that for the rest of the season give me some barn burners like that give me some five four games give me some six four games give me some six five games I'm going to have some fun. We're all going to have some fun. And hopefully, again, a few guys could take a step forward in their careers. And uh, this season won't be complete loss. So I'm going to cut it off there. Um, I appreciate everybody for listening. I'm sure people are, uh, you know, stressed out about going back to work after the holidays. I know I am. But what can you do? 
We are running uh, over 15 minutes in this episode. So, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple. We're on Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Next up is going to be the Habs against the Carolina Hurricanes this Thursday. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks again. And as always, à la prochaine.